Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. It certainly is powered by Media Stable. My name is Nick Hayes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Experts Podcast. Hello, Lana Hill. Hello, Nick Hayes. Lana, are you emotionally intelligent? Woo. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, we're sitting in front of a qualified professional in this area, so I feel a little nervous, but I feel like I do okay. Do you think yeah? I'm prefacing it before I announce our, our first expert speaker for the day? Are you sort of suggesting that this is the line that we're taking? In fact, I've got a food and beverage expert here. No, of course I have an emotional intelligence expert here, a human uh, behaviour expert as well. Amy Jacobson, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Nick and Lana. It's so nice to be here. Good, good of you to come come in and uh, you know it's particularly in these COVID-19 times I mean emotionally how are we traveling as a, as a society as a community how are you seeing it play out oh it is an absolute roller coaster I think um you know our mindset and our human behavior goes through something very similar to grief and to change it's it's really thrown us upside down especially you know, we naturally have this fear of uncertainty and the fear of unknown. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest things that people really struggle with is not knowing and not being able to control what's coming next. Mm. So when something like this happens, no one was prepared for this. No one had control. No one is certain of when and where this is going to end or where it's even going to lead to. So we've actually been, our mindsets have been picked up, kind of screwed up in a ball and thrown in the air. You've been with us uh, at Media Stable for around four to five months, I think, and uh, I always remember first meeting you going, you've got a really interesting expertise, but is the media going to jump all over this? Are they, going to, 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 are they going to take this on the way that we could see it potentially? And I would imagine, can I just ask, is the COVID-19 times, and, and I don't want to sort of play this down, is it the perfect storm for you in, that, in that we need your help and support here? I am, look, I am really excited and, and I know it doesn't quite sound right to say excited in these circumstances, but this is probably the first time I have seen the focus, the focus on the mindset and on people mm. coming from every, whether it's the workplace, the corporate area, any type of environment, even families, everybody is stopping and putting 100% focus on people, their ability to cope, their mindset and how to get through this. And that that excites me that we that we do understand just the power of the mind and and you know what we're capable of and how it actually impacts everything that we do. Sometimes, Lana, when an expert presents themselves uh, to, uh, at the front doors of Media Stable, you sort of don't know which pathway they'll take. But you've got to admit, uh, this is almost that perfect time for someone to deal with the emotions, to deal with human behaviour. I mean, it, it's just it's a really tough time at the moment. Oh, incredible. Yeah, and I think people behave in different ways when they're put under stressful situations. You mentioned grief, which I think you, you bang on there, Amy. It is one of those 
we're grieving our freedom, we're grieving the way that our lives were, we're grieving the the lack of, or you know, the, yeah, the lack of predictability. Um, but yeah, I remember when I first met you at uh, Meet the Media last year, if I'm correct. Yeah, that's and, right. Yep. Um, I thought, yeah, this girl has got something really. It's not. It's not different. Emotional intelligence is isn't a new topic, but the way that you present it is is different and and and, and exciting. And I think the media loves that. So how tough is it to actually? tell people what you do because do they see it i mean right now i can see they they want you yeah they need you <laughs> but back then ah, emotional intelligence come on what are we it's a nice feeling now i have to admit it is a nice feeling to be wanted uh look i could remember that beat the media event and i went into it so excited and mm. convinced i was convinced when i walk in the door walked in the door that this was the beginning that, yep. that it's what i wanted to do and it's where i wanted to head and I remember we had a conversation after it, Nick, and I, and I said to you, I don't think it's for me. And, and I was quite shocked at saying it as well. And I think the reason being is that I am so on board and passionate about what I do yep. and, and I can see the value in it. And I think I said to you, and I said to quite a few media people that day, I, I said, give me any, any circumstance or situation and I can tell you how the human behaviour or emotional intelligence came into play, yep. how it led to that outcome. But I know that when I was at that Meet the Media, the minute I said emotional intelligence or human behaviour, it was like a showstopper. Yeah. It, like instantly I could see the media just shut down and look at me. And it's that whole um, stigma, I think, that's around emotional intelligence that people struggle with. So um, at that point I thought, wow, this is going to be hard. I, I don't think that – I don't think I am for them. And look at this. A pandemic hits and look <laughs> at you now. You're flying. And just – oh. And, and look, let's not. I, I make light of it, and and it's sort yeah. of. And I know that a lot of people are hurting and, and suffering out there, whether it be business, whether it be emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is something there that I think moments like this is where it is your time to shine. It is your stage, if you will. It is. I think you know the way that I look at it. I know we were talking about it beforehand. I you know it breaks my heart. It honestly mm. breaks my heart to see people really struggling through this. And the reason being is that I think, you know, we doubt ourselves. We doubt ourselves so much. And, you know, you mentioned, Lana, around panic. And, and I've seen, I've watched the roller coaster that we've been on. And, you know, that first stage where it hits in and we lose control. And people truly went into that fight or, fight or flight mm. mode. It was that fight for survival. Like, we were fighting over toilet paper. Oh. Like, come on. <laughs> Seriously. That, that just seems so long ago. But oh, you know it what? Does, but, but it does, doesn't it? It is just ridiculous. It, it, it is. And, and I really hope that, you know, and I know we've got past that, but I think that that was such a crucial moment for mm. us to, especially people in my field, to stand back and say, this has got nothing to do with the toilet paper. This has got to do with pure fight for survival. This yep. is, it's not us, it is me. Do you think, what can I get? Do you think that was heightened, Amy, because, you know, there, uh, there would be a lot of people uh, currently living through this experience that have not had an experience where that true survival kind of instinct has kicked in before. Mm. Do you think that's why everyone went a little bit mad? Because we don't kind of have anything to compare it to in our lifetimes? I think it very much was the unknown. It was, I don't know how to cope with this. It was communication and words that were being thrown around that nobody knew the definition of. So if I Mm. use, for example, the word 
be pre- or two words, be prepared was thrown out there. <laughs> now, be prepared for every person is totally different. Mm. So true. It, it's, it, I'm just know? thinking it was my Cubs motto. <laughs> <laughs> will dib dib dib, will dob dob, be prepared. That be was prepared, our motto. right? And, and, and I kind of chuckled because I thought, you know, being a mother of two kids, if my kids are going on camp or they're going anywhere, the school says to me, here's how you will be prepared. They need to pack this, this, this and this. Mm. They need to have this many outfits, these pairs of shoes and this. And we sit down, same as a first aid kit, and we go, okay, this is what we all need. But when everybody come out and said, be prepared, nobody knew what it meant. So mm. for some people that meant maybe I need 10 packets of toilet paper, maybe I need five, you know, five packets of pasta and maybe I need a truckload full of beer. So the fact that we didn't define what be prepared meant meant that everybody's minds Mm. just were blown and thought, well, I don't know what that means, so I'm just going to overcompensate. I'm going to overcompensate just in case. You raise, and and I like that question there, Lana, because I think that particularly our generation and the generations behind us, so Gen X and below, have never experienced anything like a war or any real hardship, um, any time where the government is imposing themselves on its people. We've never really experienced that. And when you say, uh, be prepared... There is no roadmap. No. There is no roadmap. There's no blueprint to all of this. And mm-hmm. and this is why I think that in many cases, COVID-19 has brought the best out in some people. It's brought out the worst in a lot of Certainly others is. as well. Yes. But, um, you know, there was no right or true answer to all of this because no one gave it. It was, we finally got the leadership right. The state government started to kick in, the federal government. I mean, they all started to work out, hey, this ain't no sort of Australian bushfire. Yes. This is... A pandemic, <laughs> yeah, and we're operating well. So it it is. It all comes down to our human behaviour, our emotions. Yeah. And I, I've been watching a lot of the, particularly in the West Australian and the print that you've been doing and the contributions that you've been making. Have you been surprised, let's say, uh, by the amount of attention that you're getting now by media? Is it as it as that come as a bit of a shock, or were you were you sort of seeing this going? Oh God, here it comes. I'm here ready. It comes. <laughs> You know, uh, I guess I caught I got caught up in the moment as well. Um, I, I dabbled in the media at, towards the end of last year and I loved it. You know, there were some really strong themes around human behaviour and emotional intelligence going into Christmas yep. because Christmas is that kind of time as well. When it hit, I probably wasn't prepared and it wasn't until <laughs> I actually got a call from John that said, Amy what are you doing? Like, give me something in this. And when he said it, I thought, oh, wow, you're right. And the minute I started thinking about it every single day, and we know how quickly it's changing at the moment, right? Even compared to how quick, you know, what it looks like today compared to next week. Every single day, I could just hear it in the media. I could see things happen. And I think, that's human behaviour. This, this is why this is happening. Or, you know, hearing people go through the motions and, and that process in their mind. And I thought, I can help you. Like, you know, we can get control of this. This is not the end of the world. We just need to have control of our behaviour and mindset. Lana, I think that human behaviour in particular, I think it's always been fascinating for, for media to be able to analyse it and to break it down. Um, because when you can do that, you're actually educating and informing uh, the public. Yeah. My, I mean, my, my point around this is I'm, I'm surprised that human behaviour for Amy didn't jump up straight away because, you know, you look at a, uh, a body language expert or someone who can analyse why we do and don't do things, um, it's 
got it's definitely got media interest and definitely audience interest. Oh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, there's so many applications for it, you know, and particularly over the last six months, you know, the, we reference the Australian bushfires and then rolling straight into, you know, the current crisis. But, yeah, I think human behaviour broadly is definitely something the media will always be fascinated by. And particularly when you're looking at federal leaders or state leaders and the reasons why some are doing really well and the reasons why others aren't doing so yes. well. And it, the insights you can provide and the translation you can give, I think, is uh, is definitely, yeah, obviously why why you're doing so well. What are you enjoying the most, Amy? Which kind of part of the media journey are you enjoying the oh, most at the moment? I do love it all. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to. But you know what? I just... I love talking to people and I have to say as much as I love the print side and being able to have that conversation in the lead up to it, when the actual print comes out, it's exciting. Yeah. But I love talking. I love the talking on the radio. Like I've got to know some of the media really well in that, you know, before we actually go live and after we've been live, just being able to have a chat with them, get to know their style as well, because every media personality has different human behaviour and a different style. And you've got to understand that in their audience. I love that, Amy, because you would just be as much of a help to the audience as you would be for them. Because if there was one thing that I, I've, I've seen in the last sort of six to eight weeks is I saw a producer break down mm. just because of the amount of negative mm. talkback that was off air that yeah. was being targeted towards them or to, towards the station. How, when you connect with media, are you, are you going through the emotional, the intelligence angle behind there? Because I think they find you quite fascinating to have a chat with on and off air. So, yes, I think at this time, what I've been really cautious about is when I'm speaking to media personalities and when we're actually either recording or going live is being able to curve actually their questions and their answers as well, not mm. to end up going down a very... Um, controversial path mm. because people are in an emotional state at the moment. I know I had a conversation with, uh, it was actually 6PR and uh, it was supposed to be a 15 minute conversation, a standard conversation. And I ended up staying on air for an hour and we ended up doing a bit of talk back. And uh, look, that was my first talk back. And so I, good. And I wasn't expecting it <laughs> an at hour all. Long. I, I wasn't expecting it at all. So when he first kind of turned around and said, actually, we're going to take some calls after the break, I thought, oh, Oh my goodness, what is going to happen here? But I loved it in that those people that were calling in were in such an emotional state yeah. and the ability to be able to sit there and listen to them and then even talk them through some processes so that when they hung up, they actually felt that little bit better. And, and that's why I do what I do. It was just, it was amazing. And it helped out the radio producer to be able to handle those calls. And, you know, when he did get some of those ones that were really emotional people, he was able to throw it straight to me and say, Amy, what are your thoughts on this? It's, it's so powerful. It's so powerful because particularly if you can give back and also to not just educate, but also to, it makes great radio, Lana. It makes awesome radio because you're actually helping someone and, and it's obviously something that you're passionate about. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's two massive points there, Amy. Number one, the fact that you're taking the time, you know, to understand the style of the presenter, you know, and cater to them. That's that's a huge, huge tip for anybody out there. And secondly, yeah, being able to add that practical element to your expert uh, you know, to your expertise, to your to your segment. That's what media want. They want 
the viewer or the listener or the reader to be able to take something away and implement something within their own life. Yeah, I think you're exactly right on that. Like I, I've noticed, especially, you know, when you're going about to go live on radio and you hear the, the last song that they play before you go live. Mm. And some days I'll be sitting there listening to, to, you know, the most up and coming hits. And, you know, I did one the other week where, you know, the song that we just played was from 1946. Now, I think as a media person, you need to understand what you're walking into. Like when you pick up the phone, it's not you're not going to say the same thing on one channel that you would say to another. Mm. If they've got a young audience, then yep. you need to adapt to that. If they've got an, an older audience, if they've got a professional audience, if they want you in there to hype people up. So I think you can have a story, but you can have so many different angles of that story that will actually adapt and be suitable for the audience. That's so reassuring to hear that. Lana, because, you know, to know your audience and also to, Amy, you know, relatively new to the media landscape there that you're focused on audience. Because if we yeah. don't focus on our audience, we don't talk to them the way that they either used to being talked to or at least on their level it's going to be very difficult to communicate to them. Oh, definitely. And it's refreshing, Amy. I'm going to pick you up there and say that's quite unusual that you're, as Nick said, you know, relatively new in terms of your media journey, but you're so focused on audience and that's a massive takeout. We've just had the Digital Meet the Media sessions. Sure. And one of the biggest points the media was was trying to get across to these people that want to be in the media was focus on our audience, make your message and your expertise appealing and relevant and valuable. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's just awesome that you already have that that attitude, Amy. So that is emotional intelligence, really. Like that, <laughs> there it is. That is mic drop. <laughs> well, that was. Thank you very much for joining the Experts Podcast. We're going to finish up a little early here. We're done. Is Drop. that emotional intelligence? It is absolutely. So one part, one core part of emotional intelligence is communication, right? And one of the biggest mistakes we make is that we think communication is about us. And it's got nothing to do with us. Not one thing to do with us. It's all to do with the person that you're communicating to. If they don't get it, then you haven't communicated. So for me, you know, if if I look at some of the stuff that I do um, at events on stages and workshops and stuff like that, I will change the language of what I'm doing. It could be exactly the same presentation, but if I'm standing in front of a room of engineers, I won't use the word word (laughs) self-awareness. They don't want to hear that. Do you know what I mean? You totally change the language. If I'm going in front of a team who is in a really negative, bad place, I'm going to use totally different words. But I'm still going to deliver the same content. You have to be able to change your communication and your content to match who you're trying to get the message through to. I love it that the responsibility still falls on you if you if it's if they haven't understood that. You've got to own it. And and I think that's yeah. probably, you know, you said earlier there are emotional intelligence isn't new. I think I'm probably bringing a slightly different angle to it in mm. that emotional intelligence has had such a fluffy kind of, you know, positive quotes and and rainbows and lollipops (laughs) kind of feel to it that people think it's a buzzword and and my main thing is that emotional intelligence starts with you you need to own it it is no one else's problem no one else's fault you need to own it i love a post that you put on linkedin about two months ago and it was something that i think you were telling your son what was for dinner (laughs) and it was uh it's quiche for dinner Kids, we're having quiche. And then in your reply, your son said, I hate quiche. (laughs) 
And then the response was, well, we're going to have egg and bacon pie then. Oh, yum. <laughs> Reframe. Reframe. Pitch. Exactly Change it. the communication to the audience. Yes. And by the way, how many hits did you have on that LinkedIn post? That's gone. That LinkedIn post has been my biggest. That was That's actually been shared over 480 times oh, so far. I'm still getting things awesome. on it, which was something that I wasn't even going to post. <laughs> So, who, who doesn't love the word pie? I mean, <laughs> bacon. It, yeah. Bacon was the key totally. word. Totally. I want to ask you a question, Amy, about emotional intelligence, and that's kind of a, a good segue. I would, I would think a lot of people make the assumption you're born with a level of, or you inherently have a level of emotional intelligence. Yep. Number one, is that true? And number two, is it something you can you can change over time? So my answer is going to be yes and yes. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> and this is this is a question that that people ask a lot, right? Because it really fascinates people. I truly believe that people are born with it. Yes, there are people it comes to naturally. A lot of those people don't realise what it is. They, they haven't put a name to it. It's just who they are. Uh, and I have people come to me that, that want to learn more about it. And I can tell they already have it. They just need a name. They need a label and they need to know and they want to know how to impart that on other people. So, yes, some people are naturally gifted that they just have that emotional intelligence and that's the way they approach life. Can it be taught? Yes, it can. Everything can be taught. There is nothing There is nothing that is impossible. But the key thing with emotional intelligence is you've got to want to learn it. Mm. So you will learn that you can learn the skills, you can learn the process, you can lose, learn the tools, but that doesn't make you emotionally intelligent. You have to apply it every <laughs> single day. And, and I think I put a post up the other day just being raw and honest in that I specialise in this area and there are still times when I will lose it. Like, and I'll respond to my kids or someone and I'll think, wow, that was not very emotionally intelligent at all, Amy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and I specialise in this. You've got it. You're learning the skills. You're learning the talents, the process that goes with it. But you have to apply it. And mm. every single person you deal with is going to be different. So when you are in front of somebody, you need to first, as we said, understand who they are, what makes them tick. And then go into your toolbox of emotional intelligence and say, how do I apply the skills that I've got to make this situation right? So interesting. Oh, it is good. It's, it, I, I Sometimes I go home, I don't communicate very well, even though I'm in the communication space. And sometimes I get trolled and suggested that I'm not a very good communicator in spaces. And you know what? You, sometimes you just what you don't practice what you preach. Yes, that's right. And what I know, if it all gets down to that, then, you know, we've, 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 the best cooks go home and eat baked it beans on toast. It's ridiculous. Amy, I'd love to just, to just to see where you're taking this because I would say that now the stage is set for you mm-hmm. to, to take this further. And I think that you've obviously seen media now far more open to talking emotional intelligence, to talk your industry. Yep. In fact, I see you as probably, oh, God, here we go. I'm going to use a big word here, pivotal, pivot. <gasps> oh, God, please can we get rid of that word? But I can see you as an, an essential uh, leader here to take us out of what COVID-19 has done. Are you seeing it in the same way? Do you see the opportunities? I think I think the opportunity is definitely there. Uh, as I said before, I love the focus that is that is in the right place at the moment. And I think that if we can continue to truly, you know, work out where COVID is actually leading us and, and make sure that we keep that focus in the right areas at the right time, then yes, I, 
I'm I'm so excited about it. I really am. And the more people that I'm talking about in different industries, and I'm out there at the moment really quizzing some industries about whether emotional intelligence is playing a role in this and how are their leaders responding to this situation? And, you know, what will their company look like in three or four months' time and how will that focus have changed now that we know what is possible to happen out there? So, yes, I think the future is looking really bright. I think it's looking bright not just for me because – the whole reason I do what I do is help to help other people. So if I'm succeeding, it means that everybody else is succeeding. Yeah. And that's what's exciting. It's it's like my friends who are in insolvency. They don't really want to be successful because that means everyone's hurting. <laughs> yeah. But if they can help some people get through it. <laughs> that was a weird example. <laughs> it's a really bad one. But I, I but I, to my to your point, though, I think what you're saying is that you're helping people, but sometimes it's better not not to be busy because then they don't necessarily need the help. That's right. As I say all the time, I think as a leader and as an expert in your field, if you're in this kind of area, if you've done yourself out of a job, it means you've succeeded. See, that was my point I was trying to make. <laughs> I finally well, get it. It was like that one I did with Adam Voigt. That Just was make, gold. That was gold. Got I was, to, I was about, to, I was about to go down that same <laughs> rabbit hole there. I can't believe I did that. But I think, Amy, there's huge opportunity for you uh, out there because Australian culture, I would argue, and maybe this is a little controversial, but I would, I would argue that Australian culture at large is still generally quite emotionally unintelligent. Mm-hmm. And I think leadership, if you look at politics, Politicians, if you look at, you know, prominent, prominent, even sports people, like prominent figures within Australian culture, I would say that a lot, a lot of them lack emotional intelligence. But that's been another really nice thing about the current crisis is that we're seeing, and I think for the first time in my memory, anyway, some really gorgeous, intelligent leadership. But I think there's still a lot of work to be done. There is, there is. There's been leaders that have stood out through this process. Who have the leaders been? Who are the the best ones you've seen? Uh, I'm going to just reframe that slightly. Sorry. Reframe the case. (laughs) I'm I'm all about the reframing. (laughs) No, because I I was actually about to say that I think there's been some people that have really shone from the beginning and and I'm hearing it through a lot of companies where the people that are in leadership positions have struggled, yet people that they would never have considered as leaders have stood up. And so I just think they're they're your everyday people that have really shone. If we talk about our politicians, I think we have seen them go on a massive journey. Mm. I think at the beginning, they are no different to us. They are human and they never expected this. Mm. And they were in the toughest roles, right? But the difference that we've seen in them from their initial communications through to how they're communicating and acting now is huge. I'm going to call out one because I think Mark McGowan has been amazing. There's probably only one or two slip-ups that I think he's had. And uh, one of them was only, I think, last week. And I thought, oh, after everything well, good that you've done, that moment was just, you know. Wouldn't have happened to do anything with teachers or anything like that, would have it? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with you. That, 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 one-off, that one-off statement that he made about, you know, if they, if they don't reopen, then they should reduce their fees. I oh. thought that was, just, that was just a moment in his mindset where he lost control purely out of frustration yep. and he felt like he'd poured his heart and soul into a decision and people weren't supporting him. See, I'm starting to feel a bit emotionally intelligent now. Because you picked, you picked up, up on it. Picked up on that was my that is one of my bugbears there with him was just on the education announcement yeah. and, and the way that they process that. And that was a good couple of weeks ago now. But 
you know what? I think you're right. I think you're spot on. Mark McGowan's had an absolute ripper. I he's think, amazing. I think his uh, his intelligence around his emotional intelligence around uh, Easter, the Easter Bunny. That uh, was his pivot, pivotal point. Pivotal point. That was his I, pivotal. So point. I reckon the pivotal point was the kebab. The oh kebab. yes. <laughs> <laughs> the run and the kebab. That was brilliant. That, that was Australian that, comedy gold. Did that yes. even happen at the same press conference or even within 24 hours of each other? Oh, and yeah, it was, it was like, just before. And it was yeah. like, have you ever seen a premier with an 85% approval rating ever? I mean, th- this just does not happen. It was peak Australian. That's what oh. it was. It was It was peak Australian. His laugh, though, the amount of times he tried to regain composure, he but did. he just couldn't do it. Oh, I laughed so hard. But it, it shows you. And look, I even say, and I've said, and I've said it in media before, um, that you know, Scomo's in a tough position, and yep. you know, regardless of your opinion on the man, mm. how far he has come from the bushfires through to now, very good. Point. Has he still got somewhere to go? Yes, I would love to sit in a room with Scomo and have a conversation and just help him out with his what communication would you say? and emotional what would intelligence. You say, Amy? I think it all comes down to his delivery. Mm. I, I think he's he's obviously he's got intelligence in him and the ability to be able to make decisions and do what needs to be done but his delivery and communication is lacking would, you, would you say that's just him though or his advisors around him I, I would call out and say he should have better advisors around him yeah. when some of those messages were delivered I could yep. see what they were trying to do but the logic and the communication in them was lacking but I have to say he has softened and I think the scomo that we're seeing now, as I said, is far from perfect and far from emotionally intelligent, <laughs> but he's come a fair way. I just got I just got goosebumps because I, I think I'm now emotionally intelligent because <laughs> everything you've just said, I have been so on board with because that was, natural, Nick. that's my gut feel around it too. <laughs> and the fact intelligent flowing after my name just doesn't doesn't sit comfortably <laughs> with me, I can tell you. Hey, Amy, great to have you in here. This, oh, that was, that was fascinating. And you know what? Um, if you think that emotional intelligence and, and as a human behaviour expert, you don't think you're going to be doing much media in the future, well, you're going to be kidding, girl, because you've got a lot of it in front of you. Well done. I, was, I always ask a quick question. Uh, what would you tell someone uh, it's coming through? What, what piece of advice would you give them? Uh, my best advice would be is to know how to be flexible with your expertise. Know how to be flexible, know how to communicate it. But I'd also say to them, have the right people supporting you. I, you know, I, I, I know this isn't about media stable, and I know we had this conversation beforehand. <laughs> but I have to say, I've even sat in on the the media stable um, sessions over the last couple of weeks, and I think too many people are trying to to go straight to the front line. Yeah. And and my biggest learning from that was I've got the right people beside me supporting me, and that's all I need. Ah. Big well cuddle. done. Good big cuddle. <laughs> Gotta go. I'm, I'm feeling very emotional. <laughs> Not so intelligent. But great to have you in. Amy Jacobson, how can we find you? You can find me on my website at www.findingyourwhy, just the letter Y, .com.au, or on LinkedIn, social media, any form. Wonderful. Just find me. Find, find you. Me. Find your emotional intelligence. Lana Hill, great to have your company. we got to go because it's going to cut off in a sec. Ciao, ciao, Nick. Ciao, ciao. Well done. And uh, if you want to join us for another Experts Podcast, join in next week when we will talk to another expert or we might even talk to some media. We'll see you then. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.